Welcome to this time of prayer and reflection on Sunday the 21st of March, the fifth Sunday of Lent. Let us pray. I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Let us confess our sins to the God who puts his law of love in our hearts. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Lord, have mercy. Amen. And we listen now to that hymn of sorrow and of joy. I danced in the morning when the world was begun.
reading from Jeremiah chapter 31. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to one another, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and remember their sin no more. This is the word of the Lord. And now Psalm 51, verses 1 to 13. Have mercy on me, O God, in your great goodness. According to the abundance of your compassion, blot out my offences. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and righteous in your judgment. I have been wicked even from my birth, a sinner when my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth deep within me, and shall make me understand wisdom in the depths of my heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear of joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Turn your face from my sins and blot out all my misdeeds. Make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Give me again the joy of your salvation and sustain me with your gracious spirit. Amen. And a gospel reading from John chapter 12 verses 20 to 33. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies... It bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honour. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it, and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world, now the ruler of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
I will draw all people to myself. A talk for the fifth Sunday of Lent. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. These words of Jesus were a mystery to his disciples when he spoke them. And we may find them mysterious today, even though we know what happened afterwards. When I am lifted up from the earth, why should a condemned man in a bleak corner of the Roman Empire, hanging alongside nameless criminals, become so celebrated forever afterwards? I will draw all people to myself. What was it about what Jesus did which has caught the attention, the imagination, inspired the devotion of people throughout the world? When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. This is a bold claim for Jesus to make. People might tend to look away from a dying man on a cross, for it is a grisly scene of loss, a lamentable scene of failure. Jesus is claiming that his death would have the opposite effect on people. How could he so confidently predict that his death would be the beginning of an astonishing alteration in human history? Undeniably, history has proved him right. The crucified Jesus has drawn people to him ever since the day that it happened, and we can safely assume always will. With the hindsight of 2,000 years, we can say that the crucifixion has had the profoundest impact on human history. The last words of Jesus in John's Gospel, spoken from the cross, are, It is accomplished. A more accurate translation would be, It has been brought to completion. But what exactly is accomplished? What is brought to fulfilment? What is brought to an end? Let's listen again to what Jesus said. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Jesus is teaching how the cross heralds the judgment of the world. At Calvary, the light of the crucified Christ shines brightly on the powers of darkness in the world. This event opens the eyes of more and more people to see the weakness and emptiness of evil in comparison to the strength and completeness of good. And in this way, the crucified one gradually draws all of humanity to himself. As Rudolf Sackenberg put it at Calvary, the ruler of the world encounters the final rejection, loses his fear of influence, becomes powerless over those who look up in faith to the crucified Jesus and let themselves be drawn to him. According to John, the crucifixion begins a slow movement which will eventually fill the world with the light and love of Christ. And the driving force of this movement is the spirit of truth. This spirit of truth changed the hearts of Jesus' disciples at the crucifixion and in the days that followed it. They were a scared and scattered group of people, but the spirit brought them back together and replaced their fears with pure joy. And that same spirit gradually made that same change throughout the whole of history over and over again in the hearts of men and women everywhere who were drawn to Jesus. Who is this spirit? The word John uses for the spirit means a counsellor or advocate. This is a legal term, meaning one who defends the accused one. The Gospels call Satan the accuser whose work is to set people against each other 
the self-righteous against those they condemn, that old and terrible human activity of strengthening our own group by scapegoating innocent people. In contrast, we might call God the chooser, for God chooses to accept and love all people unconditionally. Nothing about who we are or what we have done matters to God. He chooses to love us all. Jesus saw the way that the world worked, with the self-righteous holding on to their own place in the world by creating and condemning disposable victims. People in the grip of the accuser would continue to drown out the victim's voice with their myths and chants and slogans. Crucify him, crucify him, stop their benefit, lock them up, silence their protests, send them all back home. But Jesus taught that I will send the advocate to you. And when he comes, he will show the world how wrong it was about sin, about who was in the right and about judgment. In his exchange with Andrew and Philip, Jesus revealed that from the moment of the crucifixion onward, the spirit would begin slowly giving the victim's voice the ability to speak above the violent language which Satan makes sound like righteousness. The victim's voice releasing the spirit to show the world how wrong it is about sin and judgment, gradually leading humanity towards truth. This week, in consequence of the murder of Sarah Everard, we have been hearing many victims' voices speaking out, the usually silenced or unheard, each bringing to light buried, uncomfortable truths about our society, is this an example of this spirit's power at work today? Jesus' crucifixion loosened the grip of Satan's lies on the human imagination. Without the crucifixion, we would still be living under the spell of the accuser, the father of lies. It's like that moment when the first astronaut showed the world the pictures of this planet they had taken from the moon, and some myths about our planet just could not be believed anymore. It's not flat, it's round, for instance. The continents look different from up there. The crucifixion had exactly the same effect as those first photos from space, only with even greater significance. Jesus said that once he was raised up on the cross, he would draw all humanity to himself. John made it clear that gradually the sight of this innocent man on the gallows would become the greatest story ever told greater than all the lies that Satan has poured into human ears since the beginning. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Clearly, Satan's lies still have influence in our world. The accuser is still working in us, that instinct to condemn others as a way of solving or ignoring our own problems, just as Caiaphas and Pilate, encouraged by the crowd, condemned Jesus as a way of solving theirs. But the greatest thing is that the Spirit is also still at work, gradually, slowly but surely, drawing all people to Jesus and his ways. On the cross, Jesus defeated death. Afterwards, and now, for all who come to him, there is only life. So we join in this litany. From all evil and mischief, from pride, vanity and hypocrisy, from envy, hatred and malice, good Lord, deliver us.
from apathy, racism and classism, from carelessness against women, children and men. Good Lord, deliver us. From wounding the earth and each living thing, good Lord, deliver us. From deceits of the world, the flesh and the devil, good Lord, deliver us. From all the things that hold us down and hold us back, good Lord, deliver us. In all times of sorrow, in all times of joy, in the hour of our death and at the moment of judgment, good Lord, deliver us. Amen. Let us continue in a prayer. Lord Jesus, we pray for all victims of our society's ills, the abused and the neglected, the troubled outsider and the scapegoated. Give us eyes to see their circumstances, ears to hear their witness, hearts to discern their spirit and wills to share their struggle. Lord Jesus, draw us to yourself, the one whose love for the least is absolute, the one whose love for us is absolute, the one whose crucifixion opens the way for a new spirit to enter our lives and transform the world. Amen. Let us take a moment to pray for those who are most on our hearts today, whether across the world or close to home. With the Worldwide Anglican Church today, we pray for the Church of England. We pray for our archbishops, in particular our new Archbishop of York, asking for God's wisdom and guidance and direction for all who lead us. And with the Diocese of Leeds, we pray for the city of Wakefield and the towns and villages within the Episcopal area of Wakefield and the Archdeaconry of Pontefract, for Bishop Tony and Archdeacon Peter, and for all God's people in those areas of our county. Pray for all those we know in ill health, including Robert Hurd and Joan Robson, and for others who we name before God. As we pray that they may know God's comfort and presence and healing, we also pray for those who are seeking to bring comfort and friendship and healing to them, those caring for them at this time. We remember those who have died, Neville Wyatt, Dorothy Fawcett, Jane Lodge, Canon David Towers, others who we remember today, and ask that we may continue to live as those who hold fast the faith of eternal hope in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world, grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, 
we may triumph in the power of his victory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We join together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. And we now listen to a hymn which recalls the words of Jesus when Christ was lifted from the earth. this time together with a blessing. Christ give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.